Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Today we're sitting down with Lily Rose as she comes through Stoney's Rockin' Country right here in Las Vegas, Nevada. First time as an artist, but about her 20th time inside the venue. We talked about her last job, getting to do music full-time. Her favorite steakhouse in Nashville, Tennessee. Signing her deal with Big Loud and Republic Records. Getting on the road playing venues. Big festivals like Watershed Country Fan Fest. Going out on the road with Sam Hunt. Growing up in Atlanta, Georgia. Her first trip to Nashville, Tennessee. We even talked about Saturday Night Live. Let's get to know Lily Rose. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes, Miss Lily Rose in the house. Finally. Yo, long time coming. Long, long time. time. So you, we just found out today that you have spent some time at Stoney's Rockin' Country. Multiple nights. I uh, No sober nights, that's for sure. But my, my fiance is from here, right down the road in Henderson. And, you know, we, we came here a whole lot, Thursdays and Fridays. It's so crazy. So have you seen bands play here before? I Again, not sober nights, but I know that... Friday nights are 18 and up, which means you guys have live music. So I'm sure I have been here while there has been a band playing. But. At, at what point did you go, one day I want to play at this place? Yeah, you know, Darren and I started dating in 2018, and I started flying out here, and we'd come party here. And it was kind of the obvious choice of whenever everything finally starts to happen and I can play in Las Vegas, it's going to be a Stoney's. And it's, uh, it's freaking dope. We've had a lot of fun here, man. You saw the wall in the back and the artists that have come through here. A lot of your friends have played here. Lots. You're going to be on that wall tonight. It's humbling. At some point, I'm going to give you a poster. You're going to sign it. I'm going to give you a guitar. You're going to sign it. So you'll have a guitar on the wall, a poster on the wall. I think you've made it. You can quit now. Dude, I think, yeah, I can just live at Stoney's, actually. I'll just, you, I'll live here. You probably could. Uh, I'm not saying I'm shocked, uh, but your ticket sales are through the roof. Um, with our 10 comps that we did, you're over 600 sold. That's which, wild. Which is... Um, it's when I booked the show, I said, you know, this show's probably going to do well because the nature of our customer base is streaming. That's what they do. Yep. They all listen to that. And that uh, just, as we talked earlier, it glorifies my thought of what radio does in this world. And obviously, a place to get to to get to the masses is radio. Of course. Is that your goal is to get to a point, sign a big record deal, get on these big tours, sell out arenas, be the next, I, I don't want to say Carrie Underwood because that's really not your thing, I yeah. wouldn't think, I mean, but. Yeah, um, you know, for me, at the end of the day, I would love to be a country radio artist, yeah. um, for sure, but that comes with time, and uh, at the end of the day, I just want to sell tickets. Right. 30 years from now, my, if my name is still in people's mouths, it's because we've sold enough tickets over the last 30 years, and that leads with songs, too, but uh, I'm, I'm stoked of not having any country radio success and being able to sell out shows 2,500 miles away from Nashville. It's so badass. It's cool. I think it would be freaking cool. I look at it in a sense of, how we, we'll watch tonight, see how tonight happens. We'll probably do it uh, one more time, and then I think you get to the point where, I mean, if you look at where you're at today, you said earlier, you've had one single that's, that, that blew up with Villain. And then you have another project out that I listen to on a regular basis. I play the majority of the stuff on yeah. Country AF Radio, which is cool. I mean, what's next for you this year? Yeah, we uh, we just started putting out new music, kind of chapter two of Lily Rose, I guess you could say, uh, with I'd Be You and In My Drinks. And we're just going to keep releasing singles. And if it turns into a project, it turns into a project. I'm always a big fan of full-length albums and projects, um, but... In this day and age, you don't have to do it all the time, and I think we're kind of just seeing what lands and what right. hits. But uh, going out on the Sam Hunt tour, Dylan Scott tour, and I hope 2023 brings 
More tours. More, More tours. tours. Asses and seats, dude. Have you played festivals before? No. Um, I've been writing songs for about 15 years now and touring for 10. And uh, I just never really got a shot until I took it into TikTok and right. made everyone kind of pay attention. So I've been touring for a long time, but I've never done festivals. So tomorrow's your first? Oh, no, no. Well, I've, I've been doing them since I signed the record deal a year and a half ago. God, okay, so yeah. you've played a couple festivals. Yeah. So preference. Do you like the big Do you like the big stage? That's where I was going with this. Do you like the big stage at a festival, or do you like something a little bit more intimate like here, or are you looking for something like maybe 15,000 people sort of thing in an arena-style setting? Or They all, it sometimes feels like different jobs when you play inside for 1,200 people at a place like Stoney's or Georgia Theater in Athens or something like that versus when you are playing a festival. Festival because the thing about festivals is there's 40 artists over three days. So you're kind of there captivating new people of this is why you should listen to my music as opposed to hard ticket sales of you already listen to my music. So this is why you should come back again. Right. You know, so it feels like two different jobs, but I personally like nights like tonight. I like hard tickets in clubs. I hope it escalates to arenas and stadiums one day. You know, at a place like this, I know when I look at ticket sales like that, that these people are coming here for a reason. That's it. Normally yeah. on Fridays, I told you earlier, we have a walk-up. Those people come in because they know there's going to be good music. Um, but I'm going to say that there's 600 people in this market that are dying to see you tonight, which is a lot of them are going to come and walk up. But that's a, that's this doesn't happen. I, I don't know how I, how I can uh, explain it to you anymore, that our average is right around 100 pre-sales and sold. <laughs> like, crazy. no joke. No joke. It's um no, it's been really cool. I was fortunate to go on the Chris Lane tour with Ernest and Tyler Rich was on the little back half of it, but we got to do thirty nine cities in Holy Vegas. Cow. Vegas, Texas in general, and Florida in general were not on any of those cities. They were not we did not tour through there and Vegas has been my number one commented come to Vegas, come to Vegas, come to Vegas, <laughs> on top of the fact that my fiancé is from here. So I bet there's a 100 people of those pre-sale tickets are probably friends and family and Beautiful. stuff like that. But we'll take the other 500 of everyone who's been dying. I know that Chris earlier said 900. I'm going to go for 1,000. That's going to be my pick for tonight. Did your fiancé come back home? Is she here? She's here. Beautiful. Yeah, she's How, here. And Is she excited to be back in, in hot Henderson? <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, she has said it multiple times. She's like, I'd take this 110-degree over the humidity in Nashville any day because it's pretty brutal but now she's funny she just posted a video of while we were sound checking she's in her slippers and like leggings and stuff she said never thought I'd be at Stoney's in my slippers oh, and it's <laughs> first for everything you started out you said writing yeah do you remember the first song you ever wrote yeah it was absolute horseshit Why? it was so bad I mean I was like 13 so I mean at what point do you look at it and go were you writing poems or were you writing songs? I was writing songs. I don't think I understood what a, a song structure looked like with like verse, pre, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, you know, like. Right. Um, but I was just writing and trying to be way more prolific than I was. And uh, it wasn't until I was like 15 or 16 that I started really writing real songs, heavily influenced by Taylor Swift. You know, she came out on the scene when I was like 14 years old. And you look at a girl like Taylor, um, I believe she's always written from personal experience. Yep. Yep. So I always did um, up until I moved to Nashville. And then I was like, everything I write doesn't have to be personal experience. It sure does help when it, you know, when it comes to bringing color into a song and yeah. really painting the picture um, if you've been through it before. But uh, yeah, when I was in high school, I was really just 
writing everything. If I was in love, I was writing love songs. And if I was about to graduate high school, it was like writing about that. Yeah, just you know. Your the the first time you ever performed. How how old were you? Mm, well, I grew up playing the drums first. My parents bought me a drum set when I was nine. Love which, them like, already. Thank you, mom and dad, because not every parent would do that. But uh, <laughs> so I would perform doing stuff like that, playing the drums and like the church band and stuff like so that. So let's go back to the drums. Where were they yeah. placed in the house? We had a basement in okay. Georgia. There's basement. Everyone yeah. has a basement, like finished basements. So it was far enough away from my parents, but um, I was just addicted and I had rhythm and I had shown interest in it. And they pulled the trigger and they said, "Yeah, why not?" I have a um, a garage I built in my backyard. It's 1,200 square feet. Yeah, unfinished. Yeah, it gets hotter than shit in there. <laughs> but my drum set set in there. Let's go. And it was like uh, it was set up. And then we did a friendsgiving two years ago, and I took it all down because we did friendsgiving inside the sure. garage thing. And then I just put them back up probably two months ago and started playing again. It's Dude. just fun. It's just absolutely it's it a is fun, fun thing. It is a it, it's such a hard instrument. Like too I've, many things going on. It is so impressive. Like people like Brandon, my drummer, and all these drummers that play for label artists to just have that many things going on. Because I can play. I, I I'm a drummer. I can play, but not like that. Because I don't have the muscle memory anymore. Right. I, don't, I don't play often, but I, I'm so impressed. I watch some of them and I freak out. There's times where I'll stand on the side of the stage and I'll love the artist, but the drummer just blows me away. Oh, yeah. I've also gone to shows before on my own where I've walked out of a show because I love the band, but the drummer just... Just absolute. Rise against. Yep. Love the band. Seeing them live, I watch this drummer and I'm listening to it. I'm like, dude, this dude's all... He's fast as hell. He's all over the place. And then I go watch the drummer and he's just like... Yep. Ding, ding. I'm like, I gotta go. I can't watch this. That sucks. It drives me bananas. Yeah, yeah. It's the worst. First time in Nashville. How old were you? I was 17 years old. I went up there to visit Belmont um, to do an interview and see if I liked the campus and school and everything. I think my dad was kind of humoring me because he already knew. He was like, I'm not paying for all that for you to go learn how to be on stage and write a song. Right. But he, he humored me and we went and did it. And I actually auditioned for Glee while I was up there too when I was 17. Made it to like final 100 of the 13,000 people that auditioned Jeez. and stuff. And I look back, I, I have videos and songs on my phone from that I recorded from when I was 17, and I was like, who ever thought that that was a good idea? To go into Glee? To just to sing and oh. to like listen to me, because I was so bad. I was so bad. And was your dad like, let's just stick to writing? No, my dad, I mean, I was like, I always say it in a joke, too, the, the same way with boys, like, girls' balls drop when they're like 22 so it's like so i'm literally sitting there and it's my singing of just uh baby you're a firework come on show them what you it's just bad i can carry a tune but i listen back and i'm like dang you guys were really sweet to me to encourage me to keep doing this <laughs> are your parents musically inclined they're not they both have rhythm and they can they're not tone deaf but they're not musicians whatsoever where the hell did the drum set come from did you sit down like a guitar center one day and be like hit him or something or that's a good question i honestly don't know i knew that uh when you were going into the fifth grade at the school i went to you had to choose chorus or band oh. and i was like band and i was like i want to be i want to do drums and i truly think my parents must have seen that i have some sort of rhythm that they took the leap of faith <laughs> do you ever get up and play now no like on stage or anything not as much we just bought a house in the nashville housing market which is a joke so um, you're broke yeah exactly <laughs> and uh we don't have room for a drum set and i'm hoping that one day we'll be able to afford a house that i can have room because i need i need to get my chops back sure before i can do it live in front of anybody but it's if you like get me drunk enough at bars 
sometimes, yeah, we have after parties at some of these touring spots, and uh, I get up there with the house band, and you can't you can't take me off of them. You know, I'm going to remember this at yeah. some point. I'm going to remember this, yeah. and it's going to happen. Yeah, I used to go watch the Foo Fighters all the time Dude. play, and one of my favorite things about it was when Taylor and Dave would get up and they would have a drum off back and forth. And yep, it was kind of cool because I always wondered, like, like. When when Taylor was trying out for the band, I'd always look at it and be like, "How how do you sit behind this, knowing that Dave Grohl's in front of you and his from the Nirvana days and yep. pre- previous to that?" And you look at stuff, and then I would go see them live and be like, "I get it," you know, because Taylor was a fucking badass. Dude, man. R.I.P. I mean, that was sad. he's truly one of the greatest drummers we'll ever see. Rough, 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 rough time. Yeah, I, I think two people went that weekend. Um, yeah, it was him and uh, somebody else. Yeah. I remember posting about it, but the Taylor Hawkins thing, I, I think I left here, posted something, and next morning I woke up and someone else went. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, at what yeah. point do you stop being a rock star? 100%. It's a, it's a, I understand it. I totally see, now that I'm living the life of all of it, I completely understand how people turn into divas and assholes. I completely understand how people turn into drug addicts right. and all of it. It's being an artist is not for the faint of heart and it's exhausting. Absolutely not. I'll agree a thousand percent. You know, and when you've got people waiting on you hand and foot all the time from your team and all of this and when you go to most venues and stuff like that. Pedestal. Yep. You uh I can see how you can turn into a real asshole, but I go to therapy to make sure I don't ever you turn don't. into that. Please don't ever. We've had a couple that have come in here a couple times and then their last trip here is their last trip here because it's changed. And I just sit back and I always joke because I go back to when when you saw the wall. Some of those artists have become huge. Guys like Brett Young played here. Yep. I, I paid him less than I paid you. Yeah. Luke Combs played here. It's Ashley McBride played here. Like I just sit back and and I watch. And I just ran into Ashley not too long ago and had a fun conversation with her. And she's still a regular person. Yep. And there's other people that I've come across where they're just, they big time you and and I don't know why. Yeah. I, just, I don't get it. I think uh, a lot of it, I'm a big believer in like preparation meets opportunity. And for me, if at all, if it, you have both of those things and when everything comes to a head, that means it's working. Yeah. You've been preparing for so long, the opportunity is coming, and you're like, boom, I'm ready to go. And I think a lot of that also has to do with people that have never had to work in a bar or work in retail and everything's kind of been handed to them. Sure. They don't know how to be kind to other people. And for me, I think being kind to people is like the easiest thing you can do every day. I showed you that shirt earlier, the the Nashville one on the inside. Yeah. It says on the tag, it says, be kind, life is short, because that's really what it's all about. Dude, it's just like so easy. And the people on your way up can be the same people that stomp on you on your way down and yep. vice versa. You know, it's... That's what we've learned in Nashville. That's kind of the joke of like, yo, you you could be in an Uber on your way to the airport to sell out Madison Square Garden. And that Uber driver could end up being the drummer for Garth Brooks. Right. The next time you get asked to open for Garth. You're damn right. You never know. There's there's times, speaking of that, that we've been in Nashville, we caught an Uber and they're musicians. Yep. So when they're not on the road, what are they doing? They're making money. Everyone's got to make a living. And those, yep. what was your last job that you had? Your last physical job that you had? It's really funny. Cause I was just about to say this of, so I've, I've worked so many jobs, especially in Nashville, so many jobs. But when villain went viral, I was delivering groceries and I was also working at like the premier country club, which is in Nashville, Richland country club. There's like three or four of them. Where's that at? It's uh down in forest Hills. Okay. Yeah. No, like don't. what kind of a country club is that? Uh, 
like oh you're talking about like a golf country club yep. got you yep okay. so uh i was doing that and it was actually really funny when villain went viral i didn't have management booking agency so that was just a an label. indie thing right it was just me yeah. i didn't have publishing i i didn't even have a pub deal dude like i yeah we were here we were working our asses off and and uh when i started getting kind of you know all the agencies want to take you to dinner and the labels want to take you to dinner and schmooze you and everything so many people were like no you did not work at richland country club i'm a member there i'm like yeah i know you are yeah and they're like was i nice to you and luckily everyone i came into contact with actually was nice to me but it's been rough it's kind of one of those things of like dude i just clocked in there two days ago my song went viral and now you're taking me to dinner as i just served you did you go to the palm (laughs) <laughs> no, we did not. We did not. But that seems, I, it used to be. It used to be the place. I heard there's new owners there. I went there end of last year, and it was not the same. Yeah, yeah. Just no, Bur- Bourbon Steak is my spot in Nashville. Really? It's, I think it's the best steakhouse. Bourbon Steak. I'm gonna have to go there. It's at the top floor of the JW Marriott. Oh, so you it's can new. see it's new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. For the most part, newer. Incredible. But yeah, I ate well. I ate well for a little bit there. It was right? good. And where'd you end up? <laughs> where, where did you land? I landed at Big Loud and Republic Records. Okay. My Big Loud fam. Uh, dream come true. When I moved to town, they had just launched the label, and then they signed Morgan and Hardy and Ernest. And um, I was like, yo, that's a that's a record label that just lets their artists be who they are, and they lead with songs. Yeah. It's all about the integrity of the song and the integrity of the person. And uh, I'm just so grateful that they wanted me back. It's so <laughs> weird to think that... that- a lot of these artists do that. They have one song and then they're kind of disappear and they're done. Yep. I've seen quite a few of them, but to be able to back it up has got to feel good. I mean, yeah, I I still don't think we've done it with the um, magnitude of villain. I'm gonna you disagree know? with. I'm gonna dis- Okay, I'm gonna disagree because I look at a situation right here at Stoney's in Vegas. Yeah. So far from Nashville, no radio. This is straight social. What's happening tonight? Yeah. So. Nice try. It's crazy. I know, right? Well, uh, my hope is, is you know, Villain went, we sold half a million copies of Villain in nine and a half months. With We charted at radio for one week. So, um, how, how high did it go or low? Whatever. Fi- it, 59 on Billboard. Didn't even break media base, dude. Right. But it, it going, charting that one week got me eligible for an ACM nom. So I'm, I'm grateful for it. Um, but yeah, for me, the pressure's on. Um, for myself, everyone keeps telling me, Lily, you're crazy. Like, you're, you just do you, you're man. selling out like shit and all of this. But I really am ready for what's going to beat villain. Because yeah. right now we haven't had anything that's gone to that magnitude yet. Viral helps. But you, I think as long as you keep pressuring yourself and challenging yourself, you're going to be just fine. I mean, I, the people saying to stop, I think they're saying that because they already see your journey. Yeah. And what's happening. Yeah. I, I don't think I can like tell you enough that what you've just done. I mean, the shows tonight, you've you've outsold 90 percent of the artists first time they come through. Ninety percent of them. You've, you've outsold twice as many, three times as many. I'm wow. not even kidding. I don't I don't know how to like express that to you any other way that yeah. that this always reassures me. So we've talked before about traditional means to market shows and to do stuff. And the only thing that's ever worked here that's translated that we've been able to get a return on our investment are, is social yeah. and country AF radio. And we know what kind of monster that that can be. And our goal is for it to be, you know, and yep. we see it, you'll see it tonight. People will be singing like crazy. And uh, I'll be able to tell you that w- which songs we play and which ones translate. I've like Jeremy uh, McComb just played here. 
no radio, anything last night. We've been playing his song Burned Out in the club and on the radio station, and they're up front singing it. It's amazing. So it's the neatest thing in the world. Dude, it's so sick. I yeah. love it. I, I'm excited for tonight. and Yeah, I'm, I'm a natural-born uh, pessimist when it comes to my own career. Of I'm kind of like, let's always have an escape plan. of like Because I think that I just worked so hard for so long and never really got the shot from anyone. So for me, I'm always just kind of like, how do I not get back there? How yeah. do I not get back there? Because it's scary. I'm going to tell you a funny story. Um, when I first started doing web design, graphic design, everything like that, I was in a, I, my family owned a meat cutting place. So cool. I learned how to cut meat. I did that for seven years. I went from grinding hamburgers all the way up to breaking halves of cows down. Yeah. And one day I woke up and I said, I'm going to be 40 one day, and I already know where the ceiling is on money. And I don't want to be just an average person sure. in the sense of I don't want to work a nine to five and go home and, hey, this is my life. This is my bank account. This is my budget. I don't want to live like that. So I quit. And then I started cooking. I love cooking. And then I went to the point one day on AOL. I right clicked on a page. I saw this code. So I learned how to code all on my own. Dope. I hate spam. I hate it. Yeah. With a passion. There's nothing good about spam to, to me. So I went to the store and I bought a can of spam and I put it on top of my fridge, right on top. And so I would walk out of my bedroom, a.k.a. office slash every, yep. my son's room, everything, <laughs> and I would walk out to the kitchen to take a break, and I'd see that can of Spam, and I would walk right back in my office again. And that was my drive. Let's go back. My birthday this year, uh, my buddy Paul, one of the owners of this place, family, came over to my house with a thing about this big painted Spam, spam. can. Because I told him the story a while it's back amazing. Of, of just drive, and that's what you just pretty much said it. You don't yep. ever want – I never wanted to eat Spam. I, I smelled it. I tasted it once with eggs. I had some Polynesian friends. I was like, yep. that shit is disgusting. I want Absolutely nothing to do not. with that. So that was my drive. So your drive is to never go back to work at a place like that and yeah, do stuff. Yeah, to and, clock in, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, I, I have photos on my phone of when I clocked out for the last time after 15 years of clocking in right. and trying to just get to a point at a job of a lot of people, you know, have salary jobs and stuff like that, so they don't clock in. And I was like... I, it, photos of me just crying, of yeah. being like, I just clocked in for the last time, and I'm never going back to that. It's beautiful. Ever. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. Uh, when did you move to Nashville? Like, how many times do you think you went back and forth to Nashville before you said, I just, I, I got to do it? Oh, well, so I was in, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, like in the city of Atlanta, and then I was over in college in Athens for five years. And Athens is not an industry town, but it is a music town. We yep. got the Georgia Theater, 40 Watt. Something like hip-hop and stuff like that, right? Comes out of there a lot Yeah, of and like REM, Widespread Panic, oh, okay. Corey Smith, Brantley right. Gilbert, you know, like a bunch of, bunch of homies uh, come out of there. Lots of stages to be on. It's where I learned how to be an artist. I learned how to write a set list. I learned how to figure out, okay, if I have an open mic thing, how do I structure these three songs be to keep them captivated? Sure. And then if I get an hour at the bar... How do I do this? And we kind of turned into the the bar band of Athens, if that makes sense, because there were so many dudes that were playing like country songs and classic country or all of this. And I said, hey, how do you get people into a bar? Girls. Because if girls are there. Guys come. Guys come. Thursday night here. Yeah. Dollar drinks. What is it? Well, wine and well, draft. Well, wine and draft. Yeah. Um, I've been here before. And... uh <laughs> So we started doing things like we would play Maroon 5 covers and Justin Bieber covers and make them super cool and swaggy while still playing originals and the country stuff. But you would you could just see this light, like this switch flip. So I was in Athens doing that for a long time. Then we turned into touring through the Southeast, like 70 to 90 dates a year, wow. all bootstrapping it, sometimes by myself, literally playing for nobody in like a coffee shop and sometimes with a band. 
And uh, we played in Nashville once, and that was it. That was the only time I'd gone up there, but I'd always said, I want to be in Nashville. Where did you play in Nashville your first time? <laughs> it was this place called Rocket Town. Okay. Um, it's like a... <laughs> I love that you remember story. it. Yeah. Oh, dude. So the main campus of Rocket Town is actually like the skate park meets a safe space for teens meets like Christian... Okay. It's very interesting. And then they have this little warehouse thing that has the venue. I was not aware that it was a Christian venue, and we were on an all-Christian lineup. Did you cuss? Um, yeah. Cool. But uh, we, we did... We were the third act of um, five, and we brought, like, a handle of Jack and a handle of Tito's. And... <laughs> it's a church. <laughs> I... I don't want to cross the line of what can be on Toad's tunes. Like, can Whatever. I tell the rest of the story? Absolutely. It's like kind of I just said a the little. Okay, matter. perfect. And uh, the dude, the main guy, walks up from the band. And he was like, "Hey," and we're standing here like this, and we're like, "Hey," and he goes, um, "Okay." So the thing about alcohol here at Rocket Town, uh, you have to come with it in you. Just come with it in you. He said it like five times. And we're like, dude. We get it. Just stop saying that. Right. <laughs> just stop yes. saying that. What he meant to say was like, you have to drink it outside. You can't like, but he was just like, could just come with it in you. And we're like, bro, you, you got to stop saying that. But yeah, I'll never forget that. It was an all Christian night and we, uh, we did our thing. <laughs> and, and then you played Nashville. Okay. So go back to when you first moved to Nashville. Yep. 2017. Okay. So a little over five years ago and I knew nobody, nobody like my band hadn't even moved up from Athens yet. Um, it's just me and trying to go to things like Whiskey Jam anytime I could and Girls right. of Nashville and just network. And um, as as you stay there and more friends move up or you join a band or whatever it is, you just connect with people. And I just saw my web just grow doing this. And uh, long story short, I was at Whiskey Jam one night and kind of backed up into this kid. And we turned around and we were both like, holy shit. We went to college together in Athens and we were in art class and he was like yo Lily I just signed a deal a publishing deal at Sony and I got an opening next week like come in and write I was right. like, oh my god it's my first time writing on Music Row and we wrote Villain no way and who is that person Kyle Clark is he still there obviously. he is he is still, still there. there he actually has a song going crazy right now it's called uh, Hope It's Hot Out so you should check that out I will he, well, he don't rocks. tell me what to do yeah, 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 yeah I totally will <laughs> Is your band that's with you today the same band that was with you in at home? Nope. No, no I uh, I've had I've been really blessed of going through a lot of chapters of my career and chapters of bands and everything. And I'm so grateful for everyone that's been along on the journey. But these guys are fresh. These are Nashville cats, and no jokes. They they know what they're doing. I love it. Are yeah. You, so after you leave here, you've got you've got a couple stops um, with festival stuff. Yep. Which is. I, I'm bummed, like I told you, I'm bummed I'm missing Country Fan Fest. My first time I'm not going in three, four, four years. Yeah. I'm sad. We're stoked. We, we You guys hit, are going to have fun up there. We hit Night in the Country in Urington tomorrow night, and then we headline in Portland and Seattle, fly down to Country Fan Fest in Utah, fly back up to do Watershed. To oh, end, gee, are you kidding? To end this 14-day run on the West Coast. And then it's back home? Then it's back home for like two days, and then we, we start with Sam Hunt stuff. So we're gone every weekend to like Thanksgiving. I know Sam's coming back here, but you're not coming back on that one, I don't believe. I'm not. I, I, think, I think they told me Sean Stemley was actually playing the stops here. He is. Um, we are back with Sam for a festival in Sparks. Okay. That's Nevada? North, yeah. Yeah, so we're doing that with him. And it's the best part about being on tours is most of the time they try to also put you on festival dates with the headliner. Right. So we're doing a lot of festivals with Sam, too. What's your affiliation with Sam? Is he... 
he's not same label. He's nothing. Nothing. I mean, he's kind of the main inspiration of what made me think, oh, I can do country music. Um, so I'm a giant fan of Sam Hunt. You were talking earlier of if in 10 years you turn in the next Carrie Underwood, but right. that doesn't really fit. I would be honored to be the female Sam Hunt vibe. Absolutely. Um, I, I, when I said that earlier, I meant in a sense of I don't think that your music is the same as hers. Not even I, close. Is what I meant. Yeah. D- super opposite ends of a... The right. spectrum of like females in country music. Um, my favorite thing about her when she was on American Idol, uh, my sister and I had a bet, and there was like fifty of them left. Yeah, I took her, and she took Bo Bice. And Bo how Bice. crazy is that? They came Final on two? in two. Yeah, Bo Bice. I haven't heard that name in a minute. I won fifty bucks off that. Hey. Bo Bice. So we used to have a Stoney's out in the north called Stoney's North Forty. Oh, um, here in town, but on the north side, and Bo Bice played there one time. Dude, I need to like go through and look at all those names from. Remember Constantine Morales yes. and everything? Yes. We had uh, uh, um, Sundance Head played here. Dude. Um, I think the biggest one, um, Ian Flanagan just played here. Oh, cool. But the biggest one we've had was Chase Beckham. It's the first one that's a TV show translated into ticket sales. And I, I always come back with the same struggle of of the TikToks, the Instagrams of the world. How do they translate in, yep. into actual hard tickets? Because there's a huge difference between... I look at a guy like Joe Nichols... Uh, He's awesome live. We love Sunny and 75. We're yes. obsessed with that song, dude. We but are obsessed. What's crazy about that is you look at that. He's great to see. But do you look at a festival and go, shit, Joe Nichols is playing and go see it? Yeah. It's tough. Some people do. The majority of people, I, I think he's more of a soft ticket sell. Yep. But he's phenomenal to watch live. I've yeah. seen him probably three or four times, but I've never bought the ticket to go see Joe Nichols. Yeah. It's um, it's definitely interesting. And I'm... I'm hopeful that the record industry, the labels are coming around with the TikTok thing yeah. of making sure it's not the data indicator. It's just a data indicator. So I'm hopeful for it because I think they're starting to see they're signing kids off of TikTok right. and they can't, they can't, can't put do anything, anything. 20 people in a room. Yeah. They tried to get me the, uh, the, little, the little kid. Um, Mason? Mason. He, he was at Big Loud. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say that earlier this year, they were like, what do you think? And I'm like, not our demo, dude. Not our demo at all. Yeah. And I and like I look at guys like Zach Bryan. Yeah. Love him. But I don't think he'd do well here because his music is just so mellow. Yep. Nate Smith, uh, for the longest time, I said no until they gave me the whiskey song and they gave me okay. one other one before they came out because they're like, dude, he's doing this West Coast run. I have to have it. I'm like, bro, if I listen to the stuff that's out right now, it's going to kill my room. And these people, they're not yeah. going to two-step all night long. It's just 100%. not going to happen. Yep. And then they gave me, uh, what's it? What's it's the whiskey, whiskey on you. Yeah. They gave me that one and one other one. I was like, holy, sh- yes, let's do it. I'll Unreal. do it. As long as he like picks up. Guys like Matt Stell have played here, but yeah. I heard his show has changed. Yeah. So I need... It needs to be upbeat. It yep. needs to be stuff that people can punch. Yes. Like like we always say an uh, an upbeat show and that, that sort of thing. And that's what always scares me. But it doesn't mean I don't love them. I just I just have to book a room where people will come. Yeah. You don't want people falling asleep. No, not at all. Not at all. Ultimate goal for you as an artist. You said in 30 years to still be able to do what you do. What is that? Is that like, is that it? Yeah, I think. Not that that's it, but. Ultimate goal is to be able to wake up every single day loving what I do and being able to provide for myself and my family by doing what I, what I love to do. Right. So I hope that that means that in 30 years I'm still relevant because uh, retirement ain't cheap. No, shit. No. But, um, I not, mean, not. tangible thing, uh, SNL is probably like really? top, top of the goal list that is a tangible thing. Holy shit. Thing. Didn't even think about that. Yep. SNL for me. You grew up watching that? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I record it now just for the artist because nine yep. times out of ten the skits aren't just not the same anymore. But yeah. I like it for the artist. I agree. I think you got to find the hidden gems of appreciating every cast. But yeah. I I stand by. Somebody said. Whatever cast was when you were in high school will always be your favorite cast because that's their demographic of the jokes that they're telling. Yes. And if you ask anybody, that should be your new thing if you're into SNL, of like, hey, who's your favorite cast ever? And for me, I'm like, my Rudolph, Kristen Wiig, the Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, and it's because I was in high school. Right. It's interesting. I was not in high school when Bill Murray was on it, but uh, and Dan Aykroyd, I was not. But that's yeah. probably my favorite because I think they cross the line the most. But I also yeah. grew up watching Archie Bunker, so sure. Um, I think that when they when they were like that, I think that's what I enjoyed the most. And then you get into the Pete Davidsons of, of the world, which I know he's leaving SNL, and I just watched a stand-up thing the other day, and he was the director of it. Yeah, the, did you, it was like the Best Friends thing. Did you watch that? I don't, I don't. He had like a Pete Davidson and Friends special that came him. out on Netflix. He wasn't on it at all. Got it, it was just one dude that oh, got up interesting. there. And, yeah, and, and I, I got to the end of it. I laughed most yeah. of the time, but when I got to the end of it, it was like directed and produced by yeah. Pete Davidson. I was like, oh, shit, well, that's where he's going. Yeah. Because you never know anymore. I think my favorite skit as of late was when the um, um, the aliens come down and they abduct the three people and they all tell oh, their yeah. stories of what happened. And dude, the, the one chick. <laughs> either that one or Adele was the host and they did a uh, fortune teller thing, yes. pretending like it was 2019, yes. predicting the future of 2020. And it is gold. Scary. It, it's I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, I laugh. Thank you so much for the time. Tell people how to find you online. Uh, we are just at Lily Rose Music across all socials. Uh, Lily Rose, L-I-L-Y, Rose. And uh, got new music coming for the rest of the year, so y'all stay tuned. Looking forward to it. One other thing, every time I would like go online to pull your logo off your website to add it some print thing, I would type in Lily Rose, and Depp would come I up. know. <laughs> I, that's, I don't why, even... that's why I need another hit, so we can just keep burying that. Is that somebody's... Is that like Johnny, it's Johnny Depp's? Depp's daughter? Oh, it is. You can you imagine all of the DMs I've been getting through all of this <laughs> this trial with Amber Heard? Yeah, did your Everyone stepmom shit me? on your bed? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she did not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> thanks again for the time, dude. Thanks, dude. Get a face.